In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Brendan Kilcoyne, and you're very welcome to the Brendan Option. Coming to you from Athenry, County Galway. If you like our work, you might hit the subscribe button. Uh, or perhaps consider supporting us on PayPal or Patreon. Better, better still, or with all of that, you might consider writing a comment. We're getting quite a lot from the feedback that's coming to us. Uh, the vast majority of it positive, constructive, warm, uh, engaged. And it really is giving us courage that people would bother to do that. So do consider, uh, just give, share your thoughts with us. God bless the Sacred Heart. Mm. G.K. Chesterton attending the... Um, the Eucharistic Congress in Ireland in 1932, which was in some ways a showcase for the new Irish state, which was only 10 years old, was charmed to see that on a banner across one of the streets in Dublin. God bless the Sacred Heart. And he pointed out that, in fact, although the theology might seem a bit slightly dodgy, in fact, it, it was as sound as that embodied in the classic uh, Grace Before Meals, Benedictus Benedicator. May the Blessed One be blessed. There's nothing wrong with calling down a blessing on God. Nothing wrong with it at all, a great deal right. And there's only so much as human beings we can do. It's like a little kid asking for the loan of money from their parent to give the parent a present. Well, what's the kid going to do? They don't have their own money. Mm. May the blessed one be blessed. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Sacred Heart, a devotion that I've always loved. I inherited a love for the devotion from my, my grandparents and parents. Uh, it, it, was, it was very much, very close to Irish people. Traditionally in Irish kitchens, uh, you would have a picture of the Sacred Heart uh, up over the mantelpiece. You had those pictures where you had an enthronement of the Sacred Heart and the whole family had taken a vow and had all signed it and everything and you had those over many of the mantelpiece, often with a little lamp in front of it. You might also have a statue. The Sacred Heart really cannot be understood outside of the doctrine of the humanity of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is Christ's love for us. It is the core of his humanity and it goes to the core of the meaning of the Incarnation. A great deal of preparation, as historians have pointed out, had already happened by the time uh, Margaret Mary Alaco, the French nun in the 17th century, had her visions in Paris-le-Monial. The great Bernard of Clairvaux, Francis of Assisi. These people have been preaching theology which was very much centred on a new appreciation, perhaps stimulated by the Crusades and the stories coming from the Holy Land of the humanity of our Lord. Francis, of course, uh, was a, st a stigmatic. He was, I think, the first in the history of the Church. And so you could say that the ground had been prepared for Margaret Mary Alico's fantastic visions. I like to think 
of the Sacred Heart as God being somehow in my grasp, in my possession. The heart, if you notice, is surrounded by thorns. That is Christ at our mercy. That is his suffering for our sake. That is a God who doesn't just go the extra mile, but five billion, billion light years across the universe to find us. And more. The Sacred Heart is God madly, passionately, having lost his head, gone head over heels in love with the human race. That's the Sacred Heart. I remember Father Michal McGrail, a Jesuit priest, a legendary Jesuit priest in the west of Ireland, great man, sociologist, scholar, great teacher and lecturer, he told the story of having helped with the with the novena to the Sacred Heart in Gardiner Street. I think it was perhaps back in oh the seventies at some stage, and the priests were meeting people outside. And an old Dublin woman, as tough as nails, came up to them with the tears running down her face, clutching to her bosom a picture of the Sacred Heart she had bought at one of the stalls outside the church, and she came over to ask the priest to bless to bless the picture and she said Father, she said I love the sacred heart he said the priest with him was scandalised but he said there were great benedictions given by popes which were not as heartfelt or as pure that came from suffering And I think you really have to have suffered. You have to have the experience of vulnerability. You have to have the wound to appreciate the Sacred Heart. The Sacred Heart is a tremendous devotion for lovers because lovers are sufferers. Love is a madness. It is a madness. God God suffers in Christ for his love for us. We see his love for us in the Sacred Heart. And in the Sacred Heart too, you can see something of yourself. Because your love makes you suffer. God has given you the ability to know, love love and serve him in this life. Your love makes you suffer. You You are a suffering lover. You are a wandering troubadour. Which is exactly how Francis saw himself. Not exactly, but generally how Francis saw himself. Like a wandering minstrel, like one of the wandering musicians of the Middle Ages. Singing the praise of Our Lady. Singing the praise of Christ. The praise of the Church, his bride. What's the Feast of the Sacred Heart about? It's it's far more than Valentine's. It is a feast for lovers. Husbands, on the feast of the Sacred Heart, you should be at your most romantic. Hmm? That's the time to bring a box of chocolates. That's the time to bring flowers and, and small and viciously, poisonously expensive gifts. That's the, I know I'm being sexist, but for goodness sake, everyone knows that women adore gold. Everyone knows a woman just melts before a beautiful gift. 
All right, I am. That That is being sexist. And perhaps naive as a celibate. I don't think too naive. I don't think too naive. I think if you were to experiment, gentlemen, I think if you were to buy something small and ac- absolutely hellishly expensive little gift for your wife or your girlfriend, I'd be very surprised if it were flung back in your face. I think you'd find it's, it's, it's legal currency of the ages. Hmm? The feast of the sacred heart is for lovers, for troubadours, for poets, for romantics. It is suffering love. It is love so great that the heart cannot contain it. That's what our religion is about. It's not about gloom. It's not about smugness and coldness. And the Holy Father is right to satirise smugness because of the coldness and selfishness that's at the heart of smugness. Smugness is, I'm all right, Jack. Let your house burn down. A Christian loves. A Christian truly cares because a Christian loves. And a Christian suffers because they care and love. The feast of the Sacred Heart goes to the core of our faith. In the Vendée, when the French Catholic peasantry rose up against the fanatics of the revolution and a civil war broke out in the Vendée, their flags often carried the two hearts of Jesus and Mary. Listen to me. And if you pay no heed to a word I say, listen to this. Catholicism is a faith for mad, romantic lovers. It is a faith of kisses and tears and champagne. It is a faith of the Sacred Heart. O most Sacred Heart of Jesus, I place all my trust in thee. O most sacred heart of Jesus, I place all my trust in thee. O most sacred heart of Jesus, I place all my trust in thee. Immaculate heart of Mary, pray for us. God bless you, you romantic devil. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>